What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. Welcome to True Crime IRL, true crime in real life. I'm your host, Kelly Barron's Brink. Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hi. I'm Kelly Barron's Brink from the podcast True Crime IRL. Thank you, everybody, for coming tonight. So, tonight we're talking about H.H. Holmes. This is kind of our Halloween special. Yeah, so I've got two great co-hosts with me tonight. I've got Kevin Ostrander. Yes. Yes, that's great. him. Yeah. Oh, he's better than great. Um, and Joe Hegland, who is our audio guuru and token funny guy. That's yeah, his title. Yeah, just the sidekick. Yeah. So these are they my talk, sidekicks. I just so. sidekick. Yay. Yeah. So again, thank you everybody for coming. If you want to listen to my podcast at some point, that would be awesome. Um, I have cards on all the tables. Like you can get it on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places. So go ahead and do that. Um, but yeah, tonight we're talking about H.H. Holmes. Who knows who that is? A lot of people don't. He's a serial killer in the Chicago area from the late 1800s. He killed, well, we don't really know. He might have killed only one person, maybe 10, 20, maybe 250. We really don't know. And you know why? Because he was a liar. He lied. (laughs) He was a liar and a con artist. Yes, He would lie about, I killed this person, I killed that person, and then they would find that this person was really alive living in, you know, Decatur, Illinois, or something like that. So we really don't know if he was truly at the serial killer status or not. Well, I mean, look at his name. He yeah. wasn't born Herman H. H. Webster Mudgett. Herman Webster Mudgett. I would change my name or, too. That's how he was born. I know. Sorry for any Mudgets out here. I would totally Sorry. change my name. He was born in 1861 to a farming family. They were some of the first settlers who came. They were like an immigrant family, farming family, hardworking farming family. He was the middle of six kids. Wow. So another thing I'm going to say preface this with is over the years it's kind of been like a game of telephone where facts go down the line somebody says here's how it was this is what happened but really it gets embellished it gets changed over the years and 150 years have gone by since he started out there's just a lot of misinformation out there absolutely you know just think of the times when this happened and how information was relayed at that time yeah they used to have to like take a hammer and a chisel and put things on stone there was no internet nothing like that Because the um, internet's always about the truth. You know? Yeah. It never lies. Well, when you start that his family were settlers. Settlers. <laughs> Shut up. I don't know the right word. They were. They were English settlers. So, um, anyway. I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah, you didn't have 
Wikipedia back then. There was no Wikipedia. There was no Google. You couldn't, like, just Google him. No. No. Not then. So, anyway, one of the things that they said about him was that he was abused. They just tried to fit him and pigeonhole him into that typical serial killer model. He was abused. He, you know everything was terrible in his life but really I don't think that was true there was really no evidence that he was abused or had anything terrible happen in his life so but yeah as we're going to get into there were things that definitely fit that model of your normal or not normal serial killer you know he (laughs) liked average everyday normal serial killer he liked he liked to do things to animals that weren't so nice he did do that and you know he's manipulative he was pretty obsessed with corpses too so corpses i mean mean, that first checkbox that we always do the loving the mother the abusive father that just that checkbox is so they say so they say. Yeah. He said, they said. Yeah. And I'm not sure if he okay. wet the bed or set things on fire. Actually, he did set things on fire. So not sure about the bed wetting, though. Yes, he did. Part of the McDonald triad. So <laughs> anyway, he confessed to 27 murders. Like I said, some of those were fake confessions just to make himself seem like... More of a badass. More of a badass. Yeah. Big, tough badass. Yep. He might have committed, you know, 200, 250. We don't know. So, But we do know that he was a con artist and a bigamist. He married his first wife, Clara, when he was young. He was in medical school. He was very bright. She kind of and her family helped him get through medical school. But he was from a well-off family, but he needed a little extra. So they helped him out with that. He got through medical school. He became a doctor. But it was said that he was very violent towards his wife, and she left him pretty quickly. So he would marry a few more times, though, without divorcing his previous wives. So he kind of bounced around the country, evading justice, basically. He committed a lot of crimes. He would take what he wanted when he wanted it, and he didn't want to pay for it. He just wanted to take it. He got himself into a lot of debt that he didn't want to pay. Hey, so at that time, I mean, really, who does? I mean, who wants to? Who's really, really sitting I mean, there like at that time? Credit lines of credit, credit cards, you know. It was, it was kind of just becoming a thing in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So he fully took advantage of his status in the community as an upstanding doctor. And he took out lots of lines of credit that he never paid off. So He was a shyster. Total shyster. Yes. So he moved around. Eventually, his stuff took him to Chicago in around 1886. He moved to Chicago, and that's when he changed his name from Herman Mudgett to H.H. Holmes. Dr. H.H. Holmes. Henry Howard Holmes. Sounds so So much better. I mean, why would you hang out and new city, new life. Right. Like you just kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Chicago at that time. Are we getting into that down the road? Oh, yeah. Let's get right. into Chicago at that time. Chicago so, around that time was like bustling. Bustling. It was bustling. 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 It was the, I'm glad we brought everybody's back bustling. Yeah. bustling yes. It was everybody the, wants to use it. Yeah. It was the place to be. It was mm-hmm. the place to be. We have a kind of a special guest, too. Someone who knows a lot more about H.H. E. Holmes than we do. Randy, come up here. Do you want to come up here? Okay, so our our friend Randy. He's got the big, big boy beer. beer. Yes. Right. He's got Good job. Big beer. Not as big as mine, but that's okay. Right. Have a seat. Yeah. Didn't know it was that kind of show. <laughs> Our friend Randy, he came all the way in 
from Seattle, and boy, are his arms tired. But okay. sh- I don't know. I wish he sound said. effects, too. Randy likes H.H. H. Holmes. Tell us. I a, do. I yeah. really do like him. Yeah. I respect him, you know? You're scaring me right now. <laughs> um, uh, tell me a little bit about how you found my, out about him, like what you know about him, your affiliation with H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah, so uh, so I'm an architect. That, that's what I would, what I trained for. And so I, I took this class called Trickster Makes This World in college. And one of the books we read was Devil in the White City by Eric Larson, uh, which is about H.H. Holmes and World's Fairs. So I kind of became obsessed with World's Fairs, but also I really like crime thrillers. So this was uh, a really well done book that kind of went back and forth between the two. Best of both worlds. A- yeah, absolutely, yeah. So raise, raise your hand if you've read Devil in the White City. It's a great book. If you love history, want to learn more about Chicago, the World's Fair, things that were going on at that time, plus it's a great crime kind of mystery, read it. It's a and, great book. And rumor has it that Martin Scorsese and um, what's the guy's name? Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, Leonardo. <laughs> so Leo, they're supposedly going to make this movie. They've, They've been the saying it the for a while. I've been waiting for over a decade. Yeah. yeah I would say he would be a great person to play H.H. Oh, sure. H. Holmes. I mean, yeah. he's a great actor, and he's done kind of period pieces like that before, so right. I think he'd be really good. I also wanted to say this is a casual thing. If you've never been here before and you have like a question or a comment, just yell out. We just talk. <laughs> we don't have a script or anything, so yeah. And if you haven't read Devil in the White City and you don't know a ton about H.H. H. Holmes, then you don't know why we would have an architect up here. So H.H. H. Holmes constructed what was called the Murder Castle in Chicago, which was basically a house of horrors. I mean, so we've heard. It's like a hotel with trap doors. And I'm sure he had like a picture or something up on the wall where like he had his eyes like looking through, checking people out. I'm sure he did. Totally. Like in the, like in the movies. Like yes. Sitting there and yep. like there's exactly. there. Oh, yeah. That's Scooby where it came Doo. from. Murder so, Castle just kind of rolls off the tongue. It's it does. a very nice place. Like, I could see an Airbnb set up. It totally, yes. Totally. Like, come stay Sounds in Sounds like a private castle. room. Yeah, like yeah. a Disney resort kind yeah. of thing. Murder Castle. Yeah, Murder yeah, castle. yeah, yeah. yeah. I would love to see the Disney princess who would be affiliated with the Murder Castle. I'm, I'm going to be totally... I'll be the Disney princess for I'll the be Murder totally castle. wrong on this date, but I'm pretty sure the Murder Castle like burned down in 1970s it, or something. Yeah, it was a post office. Yeah. Yeah, it, it like lasted for a while. Mysteriously burned down. I have that in my notes. For oh, sorry for jumping You're jumping ahead. ahead. Come on. Backtracking a little bit. So, H.H. H. Holmes, he really wanted to get beyond his past. He wanted to move, new life, new name, new everything. So he moved to Chicago. He changed his name from Herman Mudgett to H.H. Holmes. He was a doctor. He worked at a pharmacy. Like I said, he was really charismatic and he won over everybody that he met pretty much. So he worked at this pharmacy. He decided he wanted to purchase this pharmacy. So he purchased the pharmacy from a couple and it's been said that he actually murdered the couple who owned it and told everyone that they Hey, we're moving to California. Like, sorry, they're gone. They're moving to California. And back in those days, moving to California from Chicago was no easy feat. You know, you had to ride a wagon or a railroad or something. I don't know. (laughs) Trains. Yes. Horses. No, not really. It's not like you can just hop on a plane. 
Yeah, it, it's not. It's not like you just run down to like. Yeah, like you're in Chicago, you, you just run down to O'Hare. Yeah, you don't just like airplane. order a pod and, and like, move your shit to, yeah, to like, California. It's a process. That's what I'm it's saying. It's a process. It's a it's a process. Thank you, Joe. I'm glad you're here. I've got your back. No, no U.S. postal forwarding either at that time. I don't think was the Pony Express a thing then. I don't even know. Yep. <laughs> so he he said they were moving to California. Thing is, he didn't kill them. They were still alive. They lived into like the 1970s. So it was another lie he told. I, why would he tell people that? He, I don't know why he did that. But he were they in California? No, they lived in the Midwest. So it was like a legit purchase. He purchased Sheboygan. the business. Yeah, they lived in Sheboygan. Sheboygan. He saw across the street from this pharmacy he was he saw this vacant property and he knew that chicago was bustling, bustling growing yeah growing like very quickly and there was word the world's fair was going to be coming soon and lots of construction and stuff so he decided to purchase this like city block of property which was a really good investment by the way but yeah property values now there are great so this was after the chicago fire yes correct Yep. So one thing about the Chicago fire, um, most of the buildings in Chicago were made out of wood. They might have had a stone facade on the front or brick, but their frames and everything were wood, right? So after the Chicago fire happened, they, they already had the infrastructure to the city. So that's when they started really rebuilding the city with from masonry, stone, you know, high rises. That's where high rises really first established themselves. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Burnham and Root were the primary architects. Louis, and Sull- Louis Sullivan was just shortly after that, and that's that's where, yeah, high-rises really took off. Okay. And steel and, and plate glass were starting to become, big thing. you know, more available at that okay. time. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of steel, he purchased this, like, city block of property and started construction on this grandiose building he had basically he decided to make the first strip mall in chicago so he was going to have a property that was all different um businesses all on the main floor apartments on the second floor and a hotel on the third floor and he actually also lived on the third floor with his family he started construction on this he contacted all the contractors and all the people and got all this stuff done, but he would like hire somebody to start work on it. He would get the steel structure in place and then he would fire them quickly just in an effort to, well, two things that served two purposes. He didn't want to pay his debts, so he would claim that you did a terrible job, you didn't do it quick enough, blah, 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 I'm not going to pay you. So he would hire the person, fire them, hire a new person, start with someone else. But at the same time, this structure he was building was unique, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, one of the questions that I think the contractors asked themselves was, why do you need a bunch of furnaces in the basement? Mm-hmm. Furnaces surrounded by, like, very thick steel. This yeah. isn't for heating purposes. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. for pottery or something exactly. else. Exactly. So he had, like, a... Or so they told themselves. So, yeah, whatever it takes to help you sleep at night. He had like a big kiln in the basement, supposedly for glass blowing, a hobby. No, it was really for burning bodies and discarding of them. This was the murder castle. He laid down the plans himself. Hidden rooms. 
rooms, you know, staircases that led to nowhere. It kind of reminds me of the Winchester, Winchester House, home. if you've heard of that before. Yeah. Mazes and just sending his um, victims on a, to their demise, like can, no escape. Can I ask a question? Because yeah. I don't want to jump ahead. Yeah. Are you going to talk about life insurance or cadavers oh, at all? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, we all right. Of, then I'll wait. We're good. There's so much to talk about. I kind of skipped over that already. Okay, so, all right. Backtracking a little bit. I'd like um, to talk about cadavers. I got so excited about Let's the murder castle. Um, it, it's a good. It's a Thursday night. We're all sitting here drinking. Why not? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Cadavers. Yeah, it's just cadavers. Like, you, you all want to talk it's about cadavers, cadavers right? right? Who Let's wants to talk stop. about Second cadavers? Thursday yeah. of the month. It's cadavers. Cadaver night. It's yeah. Oh. Speaking of cadavers, look at the body parts on your table. Those are edible, by the way. Take that. Or so no. she says. <laughs> there are feet, ears, all sorts of stuff there for you to enjoy. What are the eyeballs? Those are just fun. Oh, just okay. throw them at people. So don't eat those? Don't eat those. Oh, They're no. not edible. No. I mean, you can them. try, but. Stuff in so, wrappers you can eat. Yeah. Okay. So H.H. Holmes, back when he was Herman Mudgett and in medical school, he had some financial problems. Like I said, his wife, Clara, his first wife, Clara, helped him get through medical school, paying the bills. Her parents helped a lot. But he had a side hustle while he was in school. And that side hustle was he was kind of a grave robber. At that time for medical schools, it was kind of hard to find cadets to do research on for whatever reason. Not like know. now. Yeah. Oh, I, I can comment on this. Yeah. If I remember correctly, and my, my memory is clouded by a lot of <laughs> that alcohol, <laughs> uh, cadavers at the time were primarily like lower income and people in poverty. Yes. Because they were the ones that could not afford burials. Burial. Yeah. And so that's what medical schools were, were buying up. And th- there's a whole other podcast that you could listen to called Sawbones that Ooh, talks I about that one. I think they talk about cadavers at some point where it's like a lot of our understanding of medical history is based off of like people who have, have not had the means to like oppressed population. Yeah. Like it. people like, in poverty. And yeah. so like the whole idea of thyroid treatments and stuff is yep. based off of like people who, who have like lived with starvation because wow. those were the cadavers that were available at the time. That's a fun fact. Kind of yeah. makes me sad. That, um, that kind of fun fact. Yeah. But they were hard to come by at this time. They were, yeah. Yeah. So he would rob fresh graves. He would claim, you know, that he obtained them legitly. Like, how do you do that? Like, here's a dead body for you. I got it. It's totally not weird at all. You could forge documentation very easily back at that time. Back then. It was all, like, typewriter and handwriting. There's no computers, like, back in the Yeah. Yeah. No fingerprints. No side chain. No driver's licenses. I don't know. And also, skeletons were hard to come by as well. So he would sell both he would he would dig up graves he would sell cadavers for research and he would also this might have been later but he would take a dead body and put it in an acid tub and keep the bones and like sell them to a college so that was his side hustle i don't recommend it that so, made quite an etsy shop like yes. nowadays like a oh good, yeah, yeah i bet we could etsy. totally find that on etsy <laughs> yeah. actually yeah that would be a good one you get the bodies i'll He'll get the acid. Afterwards, afterwards. Um, not sketchy at all. Sketchy. Nope, nothing to see here. He also, like I said, he was a scammer, a con artist, all of those things. He would occasionally take a dead body, find a friend, take an insurance policy out on his friend, and scar the body, disfigure the body. I don't think 
fingerprints were really a thing then or DNA was definitely not a thing then and say, oh, my friend died. Basically, here they are. I had insurance on him. Here's the insurance yeah. papers. Give me the money. So he did a lot of that as well. It's a it's an obsession of his. Yeah. As far as I can tell is that, you know, he was obsessed with this idea of making a quick buck mm-hmm. and dead bodies were lucrative for him. Yeah. Also goes to show that time. Because I don't think nowadays you could all of a sudden keep showing up and be like, hey, by the way, my oh, more- my friend died. I had a life insurance policy on him. Like, there's there's better tracking. Isn't that, yeah, yeah, that wouldn't happen now. No. Actually. Dead bodies for you. You have an insurance policy out on me? Yeah. You didn't know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Anyway, back to the murder castle. Thank where where God, were I we? I needed more murder castle. I know. Oh my gosh, you guys. He had so many things that were crazy about this place. So like I said, he would hire a contractor, quickly fire them, and he would just do this. It was just a cycle constantly because no one contractor ever truly knew the ins and the outs of the blueprints or anything like they didn't know that there was a secret gas chamber in the middle of the building that was controlled by like a remote or something in his bedroom they didn't I think know it was that. just a rope at that time a rope okay like a like I say a remote but yeah he could control it from his bedroom and totally soundproof like you said with thick steel concrete around it he would have an excuse every time he would build a new murder room in this murder castle some story that would keep people off of his trail and he would fire them not pay them find someone else to do it if only there were a modern real estate mogul that hires and fires people to hide different things that he's doing okay so i wasn't i, I wasn't just the only <laughs> one as we're just talking about that that someone, <laughs> someone comes to mind but i i won't mention i'm slow who are you talking about <laughs> donald trump Does it rhyme with- I, don't I didn't say that does it rhyme with hump no one said the name no one i don't watch the news so I only watch murder stories. All I know is that he he like yelled at a bunch of architects some during all the process and decides I'm just not going to pay you because you didn't do the job that I wanted you to do. Total H. Doesn't that same? So until there's murders, Kelly's not interested. Okay, sorry. All right, Kelly's on. I'm from Seattle. So, okay, yes. So, he did not kill the people who owned the pharmacy. Bought the property, started building, all of that. He really bought this property because he knew he wanted to build a hotel. He knew the World's Fair was coming in 1893. So, this is like such a cool part of Chicago history, really U.S. history. Nothing like this had ever happened in the United States. It was going to be the grandest expo ever. And there were like 40 countries that had displayed. And they were amazing. They constructed huge buildings that were like just beautiful, gorgeous. The best architects like in the nation were seeing over that. I'm just going to talk about, I'm just going to plug World's Fairs in general because I'm a huge World's Fair geek. They still happen. I didn't know. You're saying plural. Like I thought there was a World's Fair. No, they they happen every three years consistently since 1860 till present. Wow. Was uh, this the first, though, this nope, one in Chicago? No, 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 the first one was in Britain, I think. Okay. Um, but, but this one was going to be like bigger and better. Yeah, so think of structures like the Eiffel Tower mm-hmm. and the Space yeah. Needle in Seattle. When I say grand, that doesn't even get, do it justice. Like, these were amazing structures. Yeah, like, if you think of Olympic Villages now, that's what World's Fairs 
have been and still really are. They're just like not really publicized uh, because it's really about like showcasing developing countries and and they, they put like their best technology, best. It's like a giant science fair, like a Disney sized science fair, and they put it on display. So there's there's always like huge architectural projects and stuff, but it, it happens every three years. The only time that there was like a, a seven year pause was during World War II. Oh, wow. Well, and you if you think about houses that were built even in that time, look at like a gorgeous house, the trim and the architectural details. I don't feel like they have those same things nowadays in a new construction home. And so that is how the architecture was at the World's Fair in Chicago in 1893. A lot of the bridges in Des Moines, Iowa are actually inspired by the Chicago World's oh, Fair of wow. 1893. Wow, that's so, so cool. So which buildings in Chicago right now that still exist are we're part of the state i would i was gonna ask that too uh i believe the science museum that was constructed for the world's fair in 1893 yeah crazy and in a lot of the landscape of that area sort of like right on that lakeshore drive yeah there was a huge landscape so the landscape design is really what sort of has been maintained over this time most of those buildings are sort of like stage construction like it's plaster and stuff that'll fall down and you know go away but the science center i believe was one of the original buildings and it's still there very cool so he wanted to be part of that and really the reason why is he saw an opportunity there to make money not legit he preyed on all the people who were coming into chicago for the world's fair he found some wives some more wives that way too so at at that time chicago was a hub Mm -hmm. for young women who wanted to make their lives better yeah it was it was a place where an independent strong young woman of the time would go to make a new life for themselves you know start a career they maybe couldn't have had in it where they're from or something like that lots of job opportunities it was i feel like a really like open-minded kind of liberal place to be yeah and i think it's important to note too up until this time world's fairs happened in europe so so this is like central america like it became accessible to a whole bunch of people who who lived in in sort of rural communities right uh to get to this big metropolitan and 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 always as usual you like in those times like there were lots of aspiring actresses women who wanted to get into entertainment things like that beautiful young women and he took notice of that so a lot of his victims came hand plucked out of the world's fair so the the other kind of interesting thing about that time is like there's no immediacy at that time like you can't text your mom and say hey you know i'm here in chicago you would write a letter or a postcard and it would take weeks before that communication got back to somebody who, who actually knew where you were the hotel on the third floor of the building never actually opened as a hotel he would kind of like find people who were attending the World's Fair and he would say, I have a place you can stay. You know, they would meet their demise there. He had, like I said, a gas chamber, torture chambers, numerous like shoots where he would dump bodies. And it was said, you know, there may have been up to like 250 victims in that hotel. I don't know necessarily that I believe that. What do you think about 
What do the, I think? Yeah, do you think that he really had like 250 victims? I think it's possible. And and the reason I say that is Devil in the White City like takes tons of news articles. So some of those are like testimony from H.H. H. Holmes himself. So like him kind of posturing. And, and we saying, know he like, was a liar. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. who knows? Like he told everybody that he was the devil, which is why it's called Devil in the yeah, White he, City. He said he was possessed by Satan and that's why he, he did what he did. Yeah, but. But we also have like police accounts and and there there was sort of a dissection of this hotel afterwards they found footprints on these steel doors which which means that he used acid to to break down bodies so that way he can get the skeletons and sell them to medical centers yeah there were footprints on those doors mm-hmm. that means that like there was acid in that room Oil doesn't stick to, to steel doors, yeah. but acid will. Yeah, they found rooms with hinged walls, false doors, false partitions. He would send bodies down the chutes. He had surgical tables, tools all around. He worked with a doctor in medical school who was into like body dissection, so he was known to do a lot of that. And back to the McDonald triad, he was an arsonist. So he did set part of the building on fire at one point in an attempt to get an insurance payout. So he was really big into insurance fraud. Like I said before, with the cadavers and everything, he would take out policies. And yeah, he set the building on fire for an insurance payout. Going over it, it's like when you talk about all the rooms and all the things that he did and all the... Even when you're watching scary movies or you're going through stuff, it doesn't even cover... Oh, Like they wouldn't even cover like a fraction of this. Not many of them would just like go to that kind of time. Oh, and he spent so much money on this murder castle too, like so much money. Well, he should have spent more, but but he didn't. He he didn't didn't pay pay his bills. So (laughs) there was one woman he married. Her name was Julia. She had a daughter named Pearl. He would have had a child with her, but he forced her to terminate that pregnancy and he did it himself and that was his in to murder her and make it look like um, like a surgical procedure gone wrong. When he was in medical school, he prescribed medication to a little boy. They say kind of purposely because he wanted to like experiment and he killed this little boy. There were actresses who would come for the World's Fair in hopes of becoming famous. He would befriend them, have them stay at the hotel, and he would kill them. So, But he did befriend them closely enough to take out insurance policies on them before he killed them. So That should be like any time now. If a good friend really just wants to take out yeah. Yeah. insurance on you, just sign your name right here. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. it's a protection. The only person that has an insurance policy out on me is my sister. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every one of these, there's always someone we need to watch. And so now... In any room, like, statistically, there's somebody who's a little dark. Yeah. So, anyway, who likes American Horror Story, the show American Horror Story? Anybody? Me too. So, who watched Hotel? So, that was kind of loosely based on H.H. Holmes. He killed people in the hotel and sent them down the chute and stuff. So, some of that was loosely based on H.H. Holmes. So, basically, what ended up getting him caught was the arson. The It was the insurance fraud. 
he had in the Chicago area like 50 lawsuits against him in a course of like three years. Everybody knew who he was. Everybody hated him. Everybody had money due to them from him and they all went after him. He was finally arrested. He did have a right-hand man who helped him in a lot of his business. Benjamin Peitzel was his name and he helped him in some of the insurance fraud cases, but he ended up taking out an insurance policy on his best friend, Benjamin Peitzel. And they killed him. And he killed him. Yep. He killed him. Um, he that should have been the first clue. I mean, yeah. your business partner, Did, there's an insurance policy didn't now. did he take an insurance policy out on his whole family? His whole family. And then he ended up, the grieving widow, Benjamin Peitzel's grieving widow, was like, where's my husband? And H.H. Holmes said, you know, he's traveling. He's doing this. He's doing that. He didn't really tell the full story, obviously. And she was so stressed out with having kids at home and not knowing where her husband is and H.H. Holmes was like let me ease some of your stress there I'm gonna take your kids and let you just relax and whatever well he kidnapped the kids sent her a series of letters over the course of months we're in Boston now we're in we're in another city we're here we're there and she was so distraught she was following them to every city well ended up he killed the husband and the kids way before that he was just sending her on this wild goose chase he had taken out insurance policies on all of them and ended up killing all of them and that actually is the only conviction that he ever had was the murder of benjamin peitzel so, like, how easy are these life insurance policies? Back like, in I the have day, to write I in. think they were Like, easy. I got to get a physical. I got to sign paperwork. There's, like, all this stuff. Yeah, there's a blood They're just, like, handing them out like drug. candy, yeah. apparently, back, back in, in the 1890s. Back in yeah. those days, they, they were. To, I mean, it's just, just like, nothing. Like, just, like, a handshake. Marijuana. Yeah. Like it's, it's on a piece of paper as fragile as your COVID vaccine card yeah. is. Well, so back in those days. Not the, the right crowd? Okay. Sorry. Life insurance was a thing, like especially for immigrants coming to the U.S. There were fraternal organizations and um, lodges, they called them, and things like that, where someone coming in... yeah, Like the Masons? Yeah. They, they would offer okay. these immigrants coming into the U.S. an insurance policy. And back in those days, it was a good thing. Like, they were legit. They were, like, very helpful. And so people... I, th- I think it was just a lot easier to get life insurance in those days. So. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sidebar. I, I, sidebar. Yeah. I just found out that there's ma- there are Masons upstairs, so I, I know I was asking right now. Yeah, but yeah, there's. A uh, I, I respect you all. That yes. whole thing creeps me out too. And, oh. Like a group of people or men. Yeah, they're all in robes upstairs. Mason. Mason? I, I was talking about bricklayers. Oh, Mason. Okay, got it. You know, if we were really ballsy. Yeah. We should do a whole thing on Masons. I think we no, should you do shouldn't. That. We should do it on, on um, those kind. I want to do one I will on... not be here that night. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are I you a Mason? A, I have a prior engagement. Are you scared? <laughs> so the Odd Fellows, the fraternal order, whatever it is of Odd Fellows, I want to do one on them. Because okay. I went to, my t-shirt is from the Graveface Museum, of, aka the Serial Killer Museum in Savannah, Georgia. And they have a lot of stuff on them. They were on the Travel Channel. Were they? Yes. Oh, yeah. cool. I made a YouTube video. Y'all can go okay. see. But um, anyway. yeah, anyway, back to this. So he got okay. caught. So it was the Peitzel 
family murders that got him caught. The wife, she was a badass. She made a big ruckus about it and got him caught. He had a trial in 1895. He was arrested in 1894 and convicted in 1895. So he only had his serial killer career for three years, really. And he killed so many people. Like, that's a short career for a serial killer, I think. So So is he considered amateur? I know he's one of the most notorious. Yeah, he was pretty smart. It it depends on on his sales record of cadavers and whether or not he dug up those graves or not. Whether he was responsible for the cadavers or whatever. It's hard work to dig up a grave. Yeah. Speaking of graves, he was convicted and he got the death penalty. He said, I want you to bury me, but then pour like several feet of concrete over my coffin because I'm a grave robber and I know how these people work and I don't want anyone messing around with my dead body after I'm dead. So he didn't want anyone digging him up. Just like that guy in Harry Potter, the the one with the Elder Wand. Which Harry Potter? I don't know. The one where one guy got buried under a bunch of concrete. He's a geek. I really like <laughs> Harry sorry. Potter, but I don't know that detail. <laughs> I'm sorry I provided so much informative <laughs> I mean, detail. I mean, I, I will say I, I, I'm like, spoiler alert, but then again, it's, you know, 10 years old. <laughs> also, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got there incredibly long. That's your own fault. He got his wish. He did. He was like covered in tons of concrete. Conspiracy theories and stuff like that did not end with his death. He was said to have paid off the police and detectives and everyone. And he was hanged. But people were like, no, he really got away. People thought he actually got away. That he was buried or that he had like a stand-in. He put a cadaver in the coffin or something like that. You know, they exhumed his body in 2017, actually. And they found him very well preserved because of that concrete. Nothing had gotten in the coffin. And it was. Um, I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio is studying that dead body then, and being he's like, "He's the one who I'm, had the body exhumed, maybe." I don't maybe know. he's like, "I really need to get into character here, yeah. so I want to so understand very how strong his, character how his mustache that extra time." You know, here's something else that I just, I I really think is important. Everybody wore a a bowler hat at the time. Um, We need to bring that back. Yeah, right? And the mustaches. I love those. Yeah, yeah. It's a good look. That's all. That's the only... uh, Oh, that's all you had? Okay. That's the only visualization. Thank you. You wore a bowler hat. Bowler. Okay, so one thing I didn't mention is a lot of people think that H.H. Holmes was Jack the Ripper. Was he? I don't buy Uh, it. I think two different continents. I know, but he was very well-traveled. He came from a well-to-do family. There's more to it that I didn't research. (laughs) I think he was a kid during Jack the Ripper. I don't don't buy it. I'll buy that he may have killed 250-some people, but I don't buy that he's Jack the Ripper. Okay, so maybe he wasn't Jack the Ripper. How how do we know that his age was actually his age? We don't. We don't. I mean, that's the thing. I think that's what a lot of people say about the possibility of him being Jack Ripper was, you know, he lied about everything else. Who knows if he lied about his age? Who knows? And that's where we're left, people. And he knows his cadavers, so he knows how to use that surgical instrument. He knows a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. So, does anyone have any questions? Does anyone know, like, a lot about this case, H.H. Holmes? Have you read the book? Like, have any questions, comments, anything like that? Anybody? 
because we love questions and we i was gonna say we'll give you candy but it's already on the table so (laughs) anybody we love audience participation but if you don't want to that's totally fine yeah you guys are always good for true crime tribe girls somebody knows something get on the mic you have to because we can't do it it doesn't show up unless you get on the mic take it you take the mic. And you probably would have never Wait. gotten caught if it wasn't for a private investigator after insurance fraud oh. when he fled to Texas. Mm-hmm. That they followed him and trailed him all the way to Texas, and he started a second murder house there and never finished it. I didn't know that. I didn't know Did that. Did you either. know that? I didn't know that part of it. Oh, a second murder house that was never finished. I think it started in like Pennsylvania, didn't it? Pennsylvania, yeah. He was, um, I don't know, overseas somewhere, and he was taking the kids. Overseas, in quotes. And he took the kids and said, oh, we're going to meet up with him. So she was, like, trying to. We're so close to her and had murdered the kids long before that. Yeah. Very interesting. What I was think. that that you watched or read? Where, where I was don't know. That? I've read so many different things. Yeah. He's yeah. very fascinating. because He is. His mind to construct and know how to tell the contractors right. how to build these things yeah it's just amazing yeah there's no denying he had a vision he was not an architect he was a doctor and he drew out <laughs> the plans he had the whole and it was all of it to disorientate people because yes. he said they used his special concoctions as a pharmacist mm-hmm. and they'd pass out and wake up and they didn't know where they were and so they tried yeah. to go somewhere and they just get disorientated and yeah he used chloroform various drugs to disorient people and yeah he's a creep don't trust any pharmacists <laughs> do we have any pharmacists in the house tonight? I mean... anybody oh well there you go if so, she comes and I knocks on your you. door and says an i'd like to take right out an insurance policy <laughs> on you and your family it's, shut the door isn't that funny like that's such a sketchy thing like who would do that now like you automatically think Murder, if anyone's... I would right. like to take an insurance policy out on you. No. If someone no. looks at me on the bus, I assume... Yeah, that they want to kill you, right? <laughs> I do, too. True crime So podcast. my wife taking out more and more insurance money on me is a warning sign? We've got your number, Tina. Oh, <laughs> oh on, shut in up. that case... Okay. So, Kelly, shut up. We're good. We're good here. Nothing to see here. We're fine. We're fine. Okay. So, next month, what are we doing, you guys? I was thinking, is it Jeffrey Dahmer? Or was it Jody Hughes Raise your hand if you want Jeffrey uh, no, Dahmer. It was Dahmer. It was Dahmer for Thanksgiving. Okay, raise your hand if you want Jody Hughes oh. Here's the thing. I think... What do you know? With the Jody... What do you know? Do you know something? With the Jody Hughes case, I think there are some details coming out in the next few months. That nobody knows yet. So you want to wait? I think I want to wait a little longer on that. But Jeffrey Dahmer, I mean, Thanksgiving, come on. Let's do Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, what's more Thanksgiving and wholesome? Nothing says that. oriented to a great holiday. We can share some of his recipes. Yeah. Yeah. He loved to cook. And then December, we're going to talk about Jean Benet Ramsey because she passed away right around Christmas, which was super sad, terrible. So many things on that case that yeah. are left unanswered. But 
I want to concentrate on the freak that uh, confessed that he did the killing. Oh, he is a freak. Yeah. He's got three names. You know he's a freak if he's got three names, right? Oh, the guy I did. mean. Yeah. Um, How many three-name people in the crowd? Freaks. Three names. Anybody? And then at some point, you know, we might... I have three names. Uh, at some point, we're probably going to be moving across the street to the Riverbend basement because it's creepy and cool. That's creepy. Yeah. Super. So we might do a few episodes there too. So stay tuned, and we're gonna we're gonna stay here and yeah. maybe do a couple there too. Yeah. You know, diversify. So yeah. What else? So guys? before we go, as yeah. it's been normally throughout this, in what way is Kevin tied to this murder? Because, Chicago. Okay, Chicago. Chicago. Because normally I Kevin. I mean, like in, I know in they, what what. Years. It's, it's totally not, not, it's not, not. No, 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 well, no. But 1865 to 1895. He was no, 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 born no. in 1830, <laughs> yes. so he may have. I been think he's trying to, to find where the why the so post office le- burned legitimately, down. Legitimately, when were you when were you in Chicago? From 19, 1845. From 1967 to 1980. So you could have passed by that and oh, yeah. interacted and, with some yes, of the ghosts. Very much. They yeah, leveled it. Area. And Tina and I is, were just yeah. in Chicago, and we tried to look up the murder house, and it's gone. Yeah, it's, it's a gone. post Even office. The post office is gone. Isn't it yeah. like a post yeah. office just now like or something? Blank no, 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 lot. It's not there. Oh, yeah. okay. It's nothing. It's just nothing. Yeah. To be able to be an arche- archaeologist and like dig that up. Oh, right. I do that. Be a dark, are you an archaeologist? I, I, I'm an archaeologist. Yeah. You're the pharmacy so, person. We don't trust you. Yeah. <laughs> what are you putting in our beer? The, the, the fact that you're ready to just hop on board, that that should be like the other red flag. Yes. So if you love true crime, murder, serial killers, all of that dark shit, we're going to do this. We're going to keep it going. It's going to always be the second Thursday of every month, no matter where it is. We'll let you know. But it's going to be the second Thursday of every month. I've got my podcast, True Crime IRL. It's on all the things, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all the things. Follow me. Leave me a five-star review if you could. I would love that on Apple iTunes because some people were mean and left me like a one-star review. So if you want to like help me, that'd be great. I want to know. I want to know. I know. I'm gonna, Who are yes, they? This is like the wrong group to yeah. like tick off. Like the people that sit around listening to murder it, stuff. Yeah, like, I don't I, feel yes, like that's the kind yes. of people you want to like yeah. check off. Wait, wait, what? You have I a basement? Yeah. You have a murder basement? <laughs> She's got a murder castle in her basement. So if you want to do that, that would help me so much. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Take the stickers. To, what? I love the group chat. Thank you so much. So, um, yeah. If you yeah. guys have any ideas. Yeah. If you ever have an idea, after the first let of the year, us know. Yeah. But have some drinks, hang out a while. It's Thursday night. It's the start of the weekend. And let's have fun. Take some pictures. Post them. Hashtag true crime IRL. Okay. Thanks, yeah. Guys. Have fun, guys. Thank you so much for coming. Until next time, lock your doors, people. Right? True Crime IRL is written, produced, and hosted by Kelly Barron's Brink. We are part of That's Not Canon Network and TNC Productions in Brisbane, Australia. For more information, go to truecrimeirl.com. True Crime IRL theme music is produced by the captain at True Crime Garage. Thank you.